Welcome to the Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. Fantasy football all day, every day. Report Podcast, the go-to place for all things injury and fantasy. We are here, baby. Football is back. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Turner. I'm a sports injury analyst for all sorts of fantasy websites. You can find me on Twitter over at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Make sure you guys check out our Redraft and Dynasty podcasts over on Twitter at FFB underscore 247. And head on over to the website, 247fantasyfootball.com, and take a look at our top-notch 24-7 draft kits. You want to up your draft game, you got to get a kit, man. These things are flying off the shelf, and they should be. They're gorgeous, 14-team boards, full-color labels, all of your player needs. We've got it. Go to the site. Go get one. You will not regret it, I promise. Now... All the formals are out of the way. I have the pleasure of introducing my co-host this week. His mama calls him Derek, but you know him as the host of the 24-7 Redraft Podcast and the man with the second most beautiful beard on this podcast. It's my man, D-Bro. D-Bro, how we doing, brother? <laughs> I'm going to start reading these show sheets before we go live, man, so I can be prepared not to laugh at the intros. Oh, man, doing good, man. Football is Dude. back, and we are talking. It's not even, like, fake. Like, we're not even, like, thinking about what's going to happen. It is live, man. Yeah, we are recording on a Thursday night. We've got 12 preseason games on a Thursday. Thursday night football is normally the worst football uh, of the season. and But we've, when we got 12 games and you haven't seen it in months, man, this is what you want. Dude, I got to know, man. Are you are you looking for anything when you watch this preseason games? Any guys on tonight that you're going to be watching? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the and the he's showing out right now. I, I was really anxious to watch uh Baker Mayfield tonight and he looks so good back there. Just real comfortable in the pocket going through his reads. I love what I see, man. Uh him and and my boy Jarvis Landry on the Browns. I, I look. I'm not. I don't want to sit here and talk too long about the Browns and, and get all hyped about them. But uh, they got some good pieces. The future is looking bright uh, compared to what it used to. Yeah, man. It is. You know, the Browns are one of those teams that they just added so many pieces, and it seems like the offseason news for them has not been positive. But um, you know, these guys, these guys are gonna they're gonna show out. They've got some players over there now. And I think Baker is going to be a stud. I'm just waiting. Um, his stock is only going to go up the more comfortable he gets. I think that's definitely what you want to watch. Uh, there are rumblings that a certain quarterback by the name of Andrew Luck might be making an appearance tonight. So that is obviously something that I'm going to be taking a look at. Um, seeing how he looks. Is the rust there? Is he coming back strong? It's just, you know, when you haven't played for that long, 
you you kind of want to just see how he's doing. And I expect big things from Luck this year. So speaking of another you know, player tonight, I I gotta ask, man, did you see Saquon Barkley just ringing the dinner bell, just announcing his presence into the NFL with his first carry? You know, uh, I did see that run, and it was against. I'm pretty sure it was against the Browns. So when you know, it's the Browns' defense, and it's the preseason. So I don't want to get too hyped. Uh, it's hard not to get hyped when you're looking at Saquon Barkley, though. Um, I know the man. thing that I love about it is, you know, he's got the ability and the jump cuts, but the way that he accelerated around the edge and just I mean, he just pulled away he's a from freak. God. It was he's insane. A, he is a freak athlete and i think you're just gonna watch him the more comfortable he gets man i'm telling you he's gonna rip it up he's already in my opinion a top 12 redraft pick as a rookie Mm -hmm. he didn't have to show me anything to, to be that anytime you can get a guy that might end up as you know has the chance to be an rb1 and possibly even the one overall Dude, you got to take the chance in the first round for redraft. So Barkley's firmly there. He doesn't even have to show me anything, but man, it's good to see it on the field. It's good to see it on the field. So I think, you know, I think we can all agree football being back. That's a, this is the best season, man. It's the best part of the year. We're actually getting real football. The sad part of it is though, man, once you start the NFL season, it means that the injuries are coming. And we know they're coming. We've talked about it multiple times. The injuries are coming. It's football. It's just how it goes. And the good thing is we have a podcast to talk about them. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about some of these some of these guys that we've already seen the injury bug bite. You know, we've already had quite a few high-profile guys to talk about. And I think, at least in the dynasty community, the hot button right now is what is going on with Sony Michelle, the rookie running back for the New England Patriots. Now, Michelle is a guy that I have been notoriously warning people um, for a while now. He has a pretty substantial injury history dating back all the way to an ACL tear in high school. And we know that injury history is one of the few things that we can look at to predict future injuries. So Michelle, Michelle right now, he injured his knee on the 1st of August. We're recording on the 9th, so about nine days ago. And he has since undergone what is being reported as a procedure to take off some of the fluid or swelling on that knee. So he injured the knee. Um, What happens is when the components of the knee capsule, either the bones, the meniscus, Um, or the ligaments, when they get injured, swelling is very common. So one key tell, though, uh, in terms of we don't know what's going on. We haven't seen an MRI or a report. I've no, I'm basically speculating on what's happening. But one tell that you can, that you can learn is that when you're talking about um, swelling, especially in the knee, if it's an ACL injury, the swelling is very rapid. Or in Michelle's case, though, it appears that the swelling was gradual. So the timing of the swelling is important because ACL is obviously that rapid swelling, but a meniscus injury is a lot, it's a lot more common for that swelling to be pretty gradual and get pretty severe two to three days after the initial injury. So 
I am speculating, okay, of course, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on in his knee, but I'm speculating that there, there's probably some kind of meniscus injury. Um, and that doesn't always mean that he's going to need more surgery. Sometimes you take that fluid off, you relieve some of the pressure and the pain within the knee capsule and guys come back fine. You know, there's certain parts of the meniscus that can heal themselves. Um, if they have good blood flow, there are other parts of the meniscus that can't. So I think what we're dealing with here is a minor meniscus tear or injury that caused some swelling, gave them a lot of pain and discomfort. They're taking that swelling off and they're hoping that he comes back before week one. Now, if the team opts for surgery and the tear is small, Michelle could only miss four to six weeks. So basically what they would do is they would have an arthroscopic surgery. They go in, they see, they find the tear and they basically just clip it off um, and take that out. And then the rest of it heals pretty well, or they can go in and suture it up. One of the two suturing it up usually has better outcomes, but again, they're not going to tell us what the surgery has. So right now the reports that I'm seeing from Michelle's timeline has ranged from anywhere to 10 days to week one. So it's something to watch. Um, but Debro, now that I've just dropped all that injury knowledge on you, what are you making of Michelle this season? Is he still the guy that you want to own for fantasy in New England? Oh, I so I was really staying away from Sony in most of the leagues because the hype and Everything was getting so high, and you saw the ADP just beginning to soar. At, at this point, if we get any kind of positive reports and things like you're talking about, it's a small tear. He's going to be back after, say, four to six weeks. If that drops his ADP, if it goes low enough, he is eventually going to turn into from, from hype piece into value. And the question is, how far does the ADP fall, and does he get to that point? At I've been hyping the entire time that the guy that I wanted out of this backfield, who was the cheaper guy originally, was Rex Burkhead. Because I feel like this backfield, at worst, was going to shake out the way that it did last year. Mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead was not going to go away. He was not. They were just not going to sit him on the bench, and this was not going to be the Sony show for you know 25 carries a game I never thought that was going to happen but I still want Burkhead out of the backfield I guess the short answer is I still want Burkhead but if Sony drops low enough will I pick him up absolutely yeah I think that's probably the play and I think that because this injury happens so early in the preseason if he does continue to miss games Burkhead's stock is going to skyrocket up and he's going to become the more expensive option of the two of them. And to me, I just feel like I love Burkhead. I think he's a perfect running back for the system that they run. Uh, Tom Brady already trusts him. Belichick trusts him. Those are the that's the key point. Um, but he's going to reach a point. You know, if he starts going in the fifth, fourth round, I'm out, man. You know, I just can't. Not with Michelle having the first round draft capital. So, you know, I just, I don't know. He's just not the guy that I would want if his, you know, he's, you want the cheaper of the two options. I guess that's the key. And everyone says that I know, 
but I think we're going to get to a point where Michelle is that guy. And if he keeps falling with this injury, even misses a week or two, you can pick him up cheap um, in redraft. And he could be a guy that carries you in the back half of the year, a la Deion Lewis last season. Since all the Sony news came out, you have Burkhead who is the rocket is strapped to his back, man. RB 28 yeah. going in the beginning of the sixth round. And since the Sony news came out, he's jumped a round and a half. He was going at the back end of the seventh, and now he's at the tail end of the first part of the sixth. So if we keep getting bad reports out of Sony and the Burkhead hype keeps growing, he's going to get up into that fifth that fifth round range, if not the tail end of the fourth. So if he gets that high, I know I'm not touching him either. So um, the next guy I wanted to kind of talk about um, – and we're talking about guys with knee injuries, which seems to be the theme of this episode. It was not intentional. It's just all the big names having knee injuries is Doug Baldwin. And what the heck is going on with him in Seattle? So Baldwin is one of those rare instances in today's world of NFL reporting and football where he gets hurt in the few first few days of, of training camp and nothing Nothing has come out on the actual diagnosis. So all we know right now for sure is that Baldwin has a knee injury. The Seahawks know what the injury is. They're not telling anyone. They expect him to miss the entire preseason, which is a huge red flag for me. Because that means it's not just a, a strain. We're talking a pretty serious injury for him to have already been. They're already saying, no, he's not coming back in the preseason, but they are reporting and have been adamant that he will be ready week one. Now, without an actual diagnosis, it's hard for me to tell you guys, um, tell the listeners, you know, what, whether that's going to be the case or not, but I can say that missing the preseason is not a, not a good look for a guy that a lot of people in the industry, including myself, we're expecting big things out of um, as kind of the de facto going to be the number one option for the Seahawks. No, Jimmy Graham, uh, all this, all this cloud around, you know, is he, how hurt is he? Um, the Seahawks aren't exactly the most forthcoming NFL team. So we could be looking at something that starts costing him games. Now, does that, does this injury and the, and the cloudiness around it, affect how you view Doug Baldwin this season? And if so, if he does miss the entire preseason, where are you comfortable drafting him in redraft? So right now I'm going to assume because the reports that have come out that he is going to miss the entire preseason. And I was puffing up Doug Baldwin because he could easily be a guy that, that was coming into before this injury that could lead the league in targets that's what this entire depth chart was setting up as. There, there's not a whole lot of other weapons around him outside of Tyler Lockett. And considering right now that it, it's so murky, let's put it this way. The Seahawks and Pete Carroll, we see what's going on in the backfield. So with a guy that they spent a lot of equity in the draft and getting Penny and now talking about Carson – and now you see this smoky cloud of ambivalence around Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Can you really trust a damn thing that Pete Carroll says? 
So if he's saying it's not a big deal, I don't trust that at all. And with Doug Baldwin, he misses the entire preseason. I'm probably staying away. Now, what I will say is that because if we know Doug Baldwin is a tough guy, if it's something that lingers, it's going to affect his ability to his effectiveness for the the season. It could be something that lingers on. The thing that Pete Carroll is doing that is great for drafters is with this shroud of who knows what's going on. There's not a definitive, okay, this is a bad injury. This is going to linger. So it's keeping Tyler Lockett's ADP low because if Baldwin is ineffective or he's hurt and this lingers, Tyler Lockett is going to absorb the extra targets. If anything happens to Doug Baldwin, he's going to be the one that goes out. Tyler Lockett is the guy that I'm going to want to own. So my advice for right now is I'm staying away from Baldwin. I'm drafting Tyler Lockett late. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Another name I'm going to throw out there. It's somebody I've kind of been monitoring a lot more for the dynasty for the dynasty crowd. Um, but their their new tight end, Will Disley. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Disley is a guy that's gotten a lot of hype from some pretty big names in the Seahawks organization. He's a tight end. You know, they signed Ed Dixon in the offseason. And Dixon has been hurt, so Disley is getting some some runs. That is another guy that I'm kind of monitoring the situation with because we know that with Jimmy Graham especially, they like to throw to the tight end in the red zone. And if he becomes the guy, he has some sneaky touchdown upside as well. Well, I'll throw, since you're getting to the tight end, love, I can't believe you just hopped over my dude Nick Vanette. That, that, hey. that's, the, that's the guy I'm targeting. Hey, you got to go deep in these dynasty leagues. It's just worth monitoring. I'm just saying, it, I, got I like Nick Vanette as well. Disley's the one that's getting the hype. So keep an eye on the tight end situation in Seattle and just, especially this preseason, and see who's getting the reps. We've just, we've just gone off the train. We're talking about probably tight end threes at this point. Nothing good is happening here. So just speaking of these guys, back to injuries. Speaking of these guys that uh, are shrouded in mystery right now, which is another theme that's going on, Rashard Matthews, he is still on the active PUP. So Matthews is one of those rare instances where the team placed him on the active PUP after the start of camp. Normally they're they're getting those designations before you start because you know. Um but teams are allowed to place players on the active PUP as long as they have not practiced yet or been medically cleared. So Matthew's landing on the active PUP isn't a major cause for concern yet. And we talked about this last week on the last episode, which you should go check out, that landing on the active PUP also means that players they haven't been cleared to practice, but they can also come back as soon as they are cleared to practice. So I expect that this is just a cautionary approach by the Titans. Uh, they want to protect their wide receiver one for the last two seasons. Who knows if he's the wide receiver one again this year. But Matthews, he did miss a couple games last season with a hamstring strain. So it is possible that he re-aggravated that hamstring injury this offseason. And again, we don't know what his injury is right now. So I'm just speculating based off the history. So the most recent news that I could find on Matthews is that 
last at the end of last week, he was running routes and catching passes at the end of the week. So this tells me that he's probably coming back soon. He's probably going to get cleared soon, but there's just being cautious with him. Do you feel like Richard has fantasy value this season? Because there's a lot of debate on who the t- who the wide receiver one is over at the Titans. I think that he has very sneaky value. If he's healthy, yeah, give me a lot of shares of Richard Matthews because I think he, he would be the one that I think would assume that Robert Woods, uh, middle of the field, uh, he can play the slot. We've seen Matthews mostly play outside, but so does Woods. I I think that Richard Matthews would be the late guy that I'd want. I still think Corey Davis is the number one here. They've talked about it all offseason. Corey has flashed. He's got mega talent. So if I'm willing to spend up in the draft and grab Corey for upside, it depends on how you're constructing your team. For upside, go Corey Davis. But I will grab a lot of shares of Richard Matthews because we saw what Robert Woods did. Richard Matthews has been, when he's been on the field the last few seasons, he has been a top 24 wide receiver in fantasy. A lot of people don't want to like to give him the praise. He's not a sexy name, but the dude puts up points. You know what's sexy? Points. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he's got that sneaky value. Let's talk about another guy. And you've mentioned him a few times to me before, and that's Randall Cobb, man. You know, so he's got this ankle. He had ankle surgery in the offseason in June. And he's starting to miss practice in the preseason because it's bothering him still. So right now, I am not super worried about the ankle. He has been missing the practices, which is always something to watch. But it's mostly due, everything that's come out has said it's due to ankle soreness. And I feel that that's pretty on par with the course at this point. You know, he had that surgery in June, so it's not like he's, you know, it's not like he had the surgery months ago. He's had ankle issues before, which is why we're still talking about it. But he's likely just getting that strength and endurance back up in that ankle so that he can play at an elite level. You know, the Packers, they have to be cautious with this guy because he is arguably their wide receiver, too. And I think that Aaron Rodgers relies on him as kind of that safety valve every season. Yeah, I like Cobb and with the upside that he presents. Oh, man. And and I liked Cobb a lot more before we saw some of this stuff. I know you're not worried about the ankle, man. It just, I guess for me, it brings up like ghosts from yesteryear. Like it's more skeletons in the closet. And I'm not saying I'm staying away from Cobb because, dude, if he's healthy, there's double-digit upside like in touchdowns. It's there. When you have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball and you're going to be the second option, we've seen Cobb do it before. He's not going to be the first read, obviously. That's Devontae through and through. But, God, I guess it's 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 a teaser. It's such a teaser because you see the upside. And you're like, dude, just stay on the field. Just play. Because if you catch the ball from Aaron Rodgers, you will score touchdowns. Yeah, I agree, man. The upside's there, but if you can't stay healthy, you can't stay healthy. 
what we're going to do here now is we're going to shift gears a bit. We've been talking about guys with injuries. I want to take a little time and give kind of an injury update on a few guys that we have talked about before, and that's the quarterbacks, Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. So both guys are coming off ACL injuries, um, but obviously the recovery timelines are pretty different. So we got word this week that Carson Wentz won't be playing in any preseason games as he recovers from that ACL and LCL tear at the end of last season. We also learned that Wentz still has not been cleared for contact by the Eagles medical staff. So neither of those things is necessarily surprising. You know, he's only eight months out from his surgery. And I mentioned this on the redraft podcast where we talked about the NFC East. And I said, I don't see a reason for the Eagles to rush him back for week one. You know, why, why risk your franchise quarterback in the first week of a 17 week season plus playoffs, most likely for this team, you know, Wentz avoided the active PUP and all that really tells us is that the Eagles expect him back before week six. And I'd say weeks three to five is probably the reasonable expectation for Wentz's return. And if I'm the Eagles, as long as Foles is healthy and playing at a high level, I'm taking the extra four weeks on Wentz. It just doesn't make sense for them to bring him back and risk him getting hurt uh, because they rushed him back from you know a major injury. Now, on the flip side, we have Watson. So all of the early reports right now are that he's actually expected to play tonight in the preseason opener for the Texans. Now, remember, he has almost two full months on Wentz in terms of recovery time. So his tear came about two months before Wentz's in week, I want to say eight. Can't remember that off the top of my head. Don't quote me on that. Um, But it, it was almost two full months. I know that for sure. And he also did not have that added uh, layer of having an extra, the LCL tear as well. So I expect to see Watson play for a series or two tonight, just based on the reports that they expect him to play. Um, I don't blame them if they say, Hey, preseason week one, I know we said he's going to play, but we're not going to play him, you know, from a fantasy perspective though, I am out on Watson. You know, right now, according to Fantasy Pros' ADP, he's going at the as the second quarterback off the board. Debro, are you buying him at that price? That's funny you bring that up because there was there should be probably this weekend an article that I took part in for Fantasy Pros talking about busts for the year and Deshaun Watson happens to be the guy that I was talking about. He was my quarterback. And it's not because I don't think that Sean's going to put up numbers and he's not a quarterback one. That's not it. He's being drafted at his ceiling because I promise you, as long as he's not hurt, Deshaun Watson will not outscore Aaron Rodgers. Take it to the bank. It's not, it's not hot. There's nothing to sit here and write about that because it's not going to freaking happen. So you're saying he's number two. Where's the equity in that? He's not going to pay off with that. There's too many other quarterbacks that I like around that spot. Will I give credence to the fact that he played well last year? Yes. Will I draft him as the number two quarterback? No. 
He'll be a QB one. He will not be the second ranked quarterback in fantasy when it's all said and done. So for that reason, yeah, he's going to be a bust. Yeah, I think that I think people are buying him at his absolute highest ceiling. And I'm just not into that for fantasy quarterbacks. You know, you're not winning your league doing that. Buying guys at their ceiling is not how you win the league. So I think that's going to wrap it up here with this episode of the 24-7 Injury Report podcast. Before we head out, I want to thank my man Debro for coming on. Check him out over on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB. And remember to check out all of the 24-7 shows at FFB underscore 247. I want to thank all you guys for tuning in every week for all your injury news and analysis. Make sure you like and share this pod on Twitter. Uh, Help us out, guys. You know, we want to let the masses know that this is the place for injury info and analysis. It's the only place you're going to get the fantasy side and the injury side blended together as beautifully as only we can do it over here at 24-7. Also, head over to iTunes. Give us a rate and review. It helps us out a ton. If you feel like you want to know about a specific player or team, make sure you follow me on Twitter at eturnerff underscore pt i'm always open to helping out whenever i can to help you win fantasy championships that's my only goal man let me know if you have an injury question and i will get to you d bro can attest he's done it himself until next time guys we are out peace